Hey, welcome to Guitar Knobs, the guitars, gear, noise, and nonsense podcast hosted today by these knobs. Jay Donovan. Aaron Cook. Jeff Fisher. Hi, Jeff Fisher. Hi, Jay And Donovan. me, Todd Novak. Hi, Todd. Hi, everyone. Hi. Um, so, man, we had this uh, last week, like, went by really, really fast. It feels like four days or something. Yeah. I don't know. It's been, it just went fast. Hmm. Which is not relevant at all if you're actually, if you're listening to this. But anyways. So, hey, guys. Yes. Yeah. Yeah, let's. What's, what's new with you? Aaron. What is new with you, brother? It's been a battle. Yeah, Between Jeff. Us. Jeff. Jeff Again. and I are actually gonna. Do you guys have a battle? Battling? Yeah. Oh, I love it. Mix and master battle. What? And it's Fantastic. not over yet. It's just getting started. I think. Yeah, based on Chris's idea of sharing tracks, mastering down, mastering <laughs> down your tracks. <laughs> yeah, mixing, and then mastering, and then listening, and then repeating the cycle. And like, what the hell are we trying to do? Yeah, we don't know what we're doing. <laughs> so here, here's the skinny. Okay. Um, Tell Jeff, me the skinny. Jeff was looking for something to do because he sucks at writing songs. Yes. So I said, hey, I got something you can do that's constructive, perhaps. Mm-hmm. Uh, let me, we will learn a lot. Let me put a, uh, a song, a Logic song a logic track up into the the old Dropbox and you can go into that box and pull it down and we can have ourselves a mix battle. Mix off. Oh, that's really interesting. Mix off. So you got to come up with a better name though. Yes, we're working on the name. Mix mix off. It's got to be funnier than that. Better. It's the best we can do at the moment. More (laughs) curious. I don't know. That's not really a thing. (laughs) Mix tap. Yeah. Okay. Anyway, I'm gonna mess. I'm master gonna ruin off? this. Yeah. A mix. Yeah. A master off. I like that. Master off. A master off. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That's yeah. awesome. <laughs> cool. So yeah, we, we we've been uh, going back and forth. Uh, mostly, how many mixes and masters have you done now? Four. I think, I think more than I actually have. Yeah. Shocker. Some of them aren't worthwhile. To, yeah. They're like very minimal changes between them, but. The only way to actually hear them was to like produce them, throw them on SoundCloud, so you can listen to them whenever you want, wherever you are. Mm-hmm. So it's easy just to mix them down, throw them up there quickly. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So the challenge is many in this whole process. So again, we're not professionals in any way, shape, or form. So part of the fun is learning some of these things, which are very frustrating. Yeah. yeah we- Basically, there's something in all the the minutia that Jeff and I just can't do right. <laughs> At least because you sounds so confident. Because yeah. I mean, is there any kind of contention where you're like you're trying to like goad or bait him into mastering? No, not at all. No, it's it's nothing like that. that. So, God, oh, that was bad. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, no. Nothing like no, that. No, no. <laughs> uh, uh, dang. Okay, so what were some of the... Some recurring themes, perhaps? What were some of the... Uh, 
pitfalls or, or highlights? Uh, highlights were amazing how different everything sounds on a different set of speakers or headphones and how you mix or master to that thing, you that one set that you have on your head. Yeah. And the realization once you step outside of that is like how effed up that was. Right. How effed up the sound was. And then beginning to try to figure out how you balance between those two things is, is interesting. Yeah. That's probably the biggest challenge too. And that's why these guys are professional. Well, let's shed new light on what professional master challenges are, I suppose, huh? Yeah. So, I mean, it's like, uh, there's been a, there's Jeff has restless leg syndrome, by the way. He's like, (laughs) (laughs) I do too. And it's terrible. Um, it is terrible. Anyways, it's terrible. Um, loudness wars, you know, Jeff and I have talked about what were some of the wonderful things we were discussing today at lunch. It was a great conversation that you guys missed. (laughs) Whatever. (laughs) Jeff, I don't know if it was great conversation. Oh, I I was riveted. Yeah. The the entire time. I think the final conclusion, which wasn't really a conclusion, but the the next chapter is to dive in deep into EQing the mix. Yes. And that holds the key, the potential key. Uh, It might. To solving our problem. Sounds like we need to re-enlist our friend Chris Forbes again to get, to like maybe get... Is it or Chris, not Forbes? Chris Forbes? Chris Graham. Chris Forbes say, is like, another other buddy. Are we buddy. making up names no. for him now? <laughs> Chris Forbes is going to be a guest with us uh, sometime very soon. We were actually thinking the same thing. Maybe we should bring yeah. him back in and solve this battle. Chris Graham. Bring yeah. Him back this in. master battle. So- <laughs> You could have him jack into the oh, listen dude. to the listen to the mix. Ooh, well played. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Oh brother. Okay. But take that jack off though. Oh, yeah. see now we gotta edit that. Why? I'm sure we do. <laughs> no, I am saying like take the jack, the jack off of You gotta take the input. Do. Right? So <laughs> Yes. All right, we just it's, lost like twenty gotta, people, right? <laughs> Anyways, okay, it's fun to me. Anyways, but, so yeah, this this potential key lock <laughs> mechanism that Jeff and I are thinking is like it's never not funny. <laughs> <laughs> I'm already oh thinking God. of other. <laughs> I was like, okay, is that a good component? <laughs> okay. I, I might edit. I'm going to edit a lot. Your voice is getting so high. I've never heard this. It's a new range. Todd, you should probably leave the room. And t- what happened? I missed something. I missed something. This is great. Yeah, um, keep going. Keep going. Yeah, so get to your point. The point is, you and I both kind of want to try... Being more cognizant of where he said we, cog, nissent, nissent, yeah, yeah, where where we're EQing each instrument or instrument group so that we're not having competing frequencies that are messing up the mix, and henceforth the master, right? Yeah, right. Yeah. So that's it. That's Boom. all we know. We've learned nothing else. Um, okay, so I have a question on that. Okay. Um, what instrument did you guys find to be most troublesome to uh, master on your first run? Everything in the mid-range. <laughs> yes, mid-range is the most clouded piece of the music. Guitars, most energy. snare, um, 
Yeah. Hmm. Guitars and snare, I but, would say. Yeah, bass in general, though, is the hardest one to, to try to capture accurately, though, too. Because that's the one that has the, the biggest effect on the different things you're listening to and where you listen to. So bass has mm-hmm. such a challenge to, to figure out an EQ properly because of cancellations and all that good stuff based on, I'm in a small room, I'm in a big room, I'm in a car, so bass sounds different everywhere, so that is that is a challenge. Mm. I mean, luckily in today's world, there are some you know, nice tools and plugins and you know, like a studio drummer or whatnot, which already has pre-mixed drums that does help a ton, right? Well, so, I don't know. I mean, they get you to a point versus like setting up a live drum set and trying to, to mix a live drum set well, Which would be awful. I mean, are you saying you're using like a uh, like a pre-recorded track for drums, or, or are you plugging in your electronic it's all, set? Like it's so? all yeah, it's it's all triggered drums. Yeah, there's no real drums involved in that. It's all no. But what drums. I'm saying is, are you playing? Because I know you have an electronic set at your house. Uh, no. So basically, Cook put together the song. Right. Cook so, put together a song, and you don't have electronic drums at your house. No, I I program using the hyper editor. Okay, on my on my beats, my fat beats. Right. Yeah, but then I also use a uh, plugin called Easy Drummer Two. Okay, and I yeah. Interesting. So yeah, I mean they're they're recorded samples, um, but who knows, Jeff? I mean maybe they just screwed up when they actually uh, I don't, did the studio session for that. I don't know about that. Okay. Yeah. That's a reach. <laughs> is it? Um, but the, I think the other thing is that there's so much of that sound that is, you know, kind of the vision of what the song should be or what you think it should sound like in your head. Mm-hmm. Yes. So like, well, that, and that's why you got to keep switching over to a reference song. Right. Which you haven't been doing, even though Chris said you need to do it. Yes, you are correct. I, I know I'm correct. I'm always correct. <laughs> yes, you are are correct. You, uh, you are correct. Actually, quite a, quite a, quite a lot. Actually, I, I feel like I, I'm, I will. I will vouch for that. I think I appreciate I like that, that, but I feel like I'm the dumbest person in the room. Well, I didn't say you weren't. I just said you're <laughs> correct a lot. <laughs> Um, okay. Cool. So keep us posted on how that is going. Oh, yeah. That would be an yeah. interesting thing. So I don't have Logic, but I have, uh, I love GarageBand. GarageBand. Mm-hmm. So, and we kind of uncovered a way to do that. It would be interesting to see maybe what I could do with that track and the same, and you know. That would be interesting. Yeah. Second, so I, I still have the. Can, can you, import, can you, I, could, I should be able to import that. Yeah. Yeah, yeah I mean, but I don't think it's going to bring in a lot of plugins. Yeah, it's going to. There's a lot of plugins. Okay. You could probably like bounce everything down. Well, maybe I'll. Ju- I can just do my own track, and then I'll master it in GarageBand, and then you guys can bring it into GarageBand as well, because I know that you both have GarageBand, mm-hmm. and see what the differences Ooh, are. A GarageBand master battle. Mm, be right. Mm-hmm. You win. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Cool. Jay, what do you got going on? So we were talking about those uh, cobalt strings last week. And, right. And so I, got, I haven't done anything, but I've been thinking of something all week since, since we started talking about it. And I was reading about how Paul McCartney used to play piano strings like what? way back in the day. Yeah, they were like hard to come by bass strings sometimes. 
I don't remember where I read this, but he used to sometimes use piano strings. How, and so that's insane. I've been thinking about it like all week because we have a piano and it desperately needs tuned and the strings are super, it's super old, right? It's my grandmother's piano. If anybody can corroborate that story, uh, please do so. Uh, I checked us. it out on, I, I verified it on talk bass. You know, a couple people were talking about it. Yeah. Um, Interesting. So, uh, so anyway, um, I just got to thinking like if we, if we have to restring the piano, like I would want to like maybe try to see what, just for the, Heck of it, see what it sounds like to play a bass with piano strings, and that's what I've you been mean thinking. If you had to restring the bass, if, if I had to, rest, if we had to take the strings out of the piano, oh, oh, because I our piano is like totally like fifty years old and it's just not in good shape, and we right. have to get it tuned. If some of the strings needed replaced, I would just kept thinking to myself all week, I want to snag those, and even though they'll sound like, I mean, if they're bad enough that they it don't work on a piano just to anymore, do something. Experiment to knows? see what yeah. a bass sounded like actually with piano strings. That's the only. That's yeah, just so that something means I you keep buy thinking like about. A, a cool like beater bass to do that with. Yeah, like I imagine. Like, what's the tension difference? Is it yeah, is like it different? How, like, how different are they? Break your. I don't know. I mean, he if he used to do it, he's the governor, right? I so. don't have a piano. How thick are? The bass strings and piano are they like regular bass string thickness? Well, some of them are way thicker. Oh, yeah. way you thicker. go way down to yeah. the end. Yeah, like it would be. They'll kill a man. Kill a man with that string. <laughs> <laughs> so that's the only new thing going through my that small oh, mind that's this week. Cool. I like it. <clears throat> do you know why he did chose to do that? I think no. He I thought did, I thought just, they were hard to come by. I thought it was hard to find electric it bass seems strings. Like sometimes a piano would be harder to do than get a set of bass strings but, but think about it, pianos are probably everywhere you know yeah mm-hmm. there's in one the, in your house in the 60s <laughs> good job yeah. well i would give it to paul mccartney if he <laughs> if he asked for a string off that piano actually i'd probably say no you're better than that that's yeah you're now do you know our piano strings i know zero about piano strings so I have no qualms about asking stupid questions here. Are piano strings round wound? Are they flat wound? Are they wound at all? Yeah, they're wound. I think they're just regular wound. Are all of them wound? You know, I've looked at them and I don't know. You know, they have three, three, they're multiple, right? They have, each one has different, it's not like there's one string always, right? Yeah. For, uh, let's let's look it up. Yeah, Minister of Information, go for it. I seem to recall right, looking in like, there and thinking that the hammer hits more than one string at yeah, a time. It, There's like it, three like, all tuned to the same. I know they're it not goes all and wound. Hits two. Yeah, I didn't think they were. No, they're definitely not all wound. I'm just wondering. Like usually the the lower strings are the ones that are wound, right? Because they they have to build up the thickness, and that's right. the easiest way to build up the right. thickness. But let's see what we got here. I tell you, they are beautiful things, though. We're looking at the inside of a piano right now. Yeah. I mean, not. In person. So look, these oh, look, look. These are some of them are wound, and then there are multiple strings. The hammer hits two strings. That's well, look on the lower. So it looks like yeah, the higher strings need two, two, the and then the lower strings, strings just one, one. Yeah, and maybe fascinating. Man, We're learning be, about pianos on guitar knobs. It's got to be a fortune replacing those things, all right? Oh man, but wouldn't it be sweet to take the lowest, like maybe the lower E than the regular yeah an octave lower than yeah like, and then yeah. see what that sounds like oh, you, have you seen the guy that made a, a guitar a bass guitar with one giant massive string I just came <laughs> no. across this the other day on YouTube it's, like a rope it's I mean it's probably like a half inch thick or so this this string 
So hmm. is it like the big pipe thing? It's uh, a, no, it's oh, a, yeah. The thing that, what's that called? The, the, it's like oh, wait, a, the machine. It's, it's like it's, 10 it's, feet tall. And oh, the guy, I haven't seen that. But I've seen the one where the uh, it's the bass. It's, it's basically a tubular bass. And the strings are set up around about half of the circumference. Yeah, of of the bass. And the actual tuning pegs are staggered. It's really wild. Um, and it seems like it would actually be relatively comfortable to play. Yeah. Um, so... <clears throat> yeah, that it's, we let's see if we can put one of that. Uh, find an image and throw that up on the on the Facebook group. That uh, pipe bass, it's kind of wild. <laughs> yeah. Anyway, cool. Like, yeah. if dude, if you do that, that oh. will be a sick project to, to attempt. I will. Uh, I'll let you guys know how it goes. Interesting. Um, as you? for me, Wait, yeah, you. Uh, what about me? you? Yeah, me time. So I recently got myself into a new uh, tuner pedal. And um, I did a whole bunch of research. I mean, there's more than one? Oh, yeah, man. Oh, Oh, there's loads. I know that was a a leading question. But, um, yeah, there's loads. And I... Naturally, I was like, "Well, why are there so many?" You know, because it seems like a base, uh, a basic thing, and some are more complex, some are, you know, smaller chassis. Um, th- there's the range in them is obviously like really big, um, and more so than not, people go for the boss one. Uh, yeah, I think right? that's like the you default know, I mean, one. That's, that's one that everybody's. That's what I with. have. That's but what I, I had. Didn't yeah. want that one. I like Boss pedals. I didn't want that one because you just want to be different. <laughs> which is yeah. which is a fine answer. No, um, two reasons. Number one, I didn't want um, to spend a grip of money on a tuner if I didn't have to because it does one thing, um, and it's really really basic. The other thing that I was considering in this was visibility. So when, if I'm on stage, I, you know, I've, I've looked down at the boss ones and I'm like, man, that's, I just want to be able to see it. Like, they, yeah, like you, am I on or am yeah. I not? Am I, you know, give me a better visual readout. So I took that versus. Getting old sucks. Yeah. Who's <laughs> it? Yeah, must. You should tell me about it sometime. Um, uh, hey. <laughs> so anyways, you know, with a, with a tuner pedal, it's not something where you have to say, man, I really want to go for some boutique tuner pedal. Um, and I actually found one on Monoprice, which is sort of like not exactly a place that most people go to for guitar stuff, but it was $19 and I checked it up against uh, watch. You know, there's there's quite a few videos out there um, where uh, these guys are doing some some pretty solid comparisons. And you might think, well, what are they comparing in a tuner pedal? Of course, it tunes, but the time that it takes between the from the time that you hit the note to the time where you see where you're at actually varied quite a bit. Hmm. So some of the more popular ones that you might see on Amazon or or eBay. Um, or, you know, elsewhere, Sweetwater, Guitar Center, whatever. 
uh, had a, a, a longer latency in the time that your signal showed from the time that you hit it. That was really curious. And I'm not, I don't, I, you know, it's gotta be something in the wiring. Um, and, uh, it's true bypass. Um, it has, uh, uh, a huge readout on it. So it's got a, it's got a very, very large blue readout, but it also has your flat and sharp, uh, uh, levels as well. And, um, you can adjust the pitch. Uh, you can just, uh, you can go for flat if you want. So if you're, if you're tuning in flat so that, you know, if you're hitting really, really hard, um, what else does it have on it? Um, no, that is not it. He, the minister of information has pulled up something that doesn't look remotely like yeah, it's, he's pulling up a boss stage tuner. It's yeah. an interesting concept though of tuning. How do you guys, when you tune, mm-hmm. you know, it's going to go sharp or flat, right? Mm-hmm. As you go through the, the sequence of tuning. Mm-hmm. So I read a couple different ways to do it. Mm-hmm. How do you guys, how do you approach it? Do you play hard? Uh, and I've, you know, I've gone back and forth on that. Um, I, I think we all learn just sort of stumbling into it where you say, I'm just going to touch the string and then I'm going to just touch the note and it should give me the read. <laughs> um, and there are, again, loads of videos, loads of opinions on, you know, hey, if you're doing it that way, you're doing it wrong. Um, I actually like watching um, uh, groovy DJs <laughs> on, on YouTube who's a, who's a, a very entertaining, maniacal dude um he's got a lot of guitar knowledge it's debatable whether people like it all um the tone the wood tone wars i think started yeah <laughs> with him but one of the things that um i really dug about uh uh one of his videos was uh how he, he got into like hey if you're just tuning it like standard and you're not playing it while you're tuning it you're doing it wrong i'm not saying you're doing it wrong but that was an intriguing idea and so then i started saying well let me try doing this without because sometimes i did feel like man these it's just not true if i'm playing once i start playing it sounds off so i started i started doing it where i was tuning while i was giving it some some gusto and you know so tuning flat yeah what do you guys do Mm. Mm. i bang on the string a little bit uh where it's a few cents sharp Mm-hmm. Uh, on attack and then um, just see how it sustains out for a second or two and if it goes to pitch then that's where I stop huh. that's where I go next, I do, next the same. String. do the same I seem to find that that one like if you're not tuning with a machine tuning by ear that process seems to work better for me it, you're saying if you're not if you're not using a device to tune by and you're tuning by ear, yeah. Then the the resonating out approach seems to yeah to work better. Well, because you don't get the initial, you it's too fast to get that initial pick, yeah. that sharp pick sound right away. So yeah, it's, it's just interesting because it does capture it through the the device, right? That high that sharp pick attack. Yeah. Yep. Well, and it's it is interesting if you if you if you are tuning while you're playing while you're attacking. 
right? And you and you spike up to, to dead center, and then you ease off, and you just do a single fretted like easy note. Almost every single time is like two cents off. Yep. Flat. Yep. You can gauge it. So you could, in effect, what we're saying is not attack the thing and just go two cents flat. And, and then if you are playing, you, you'd you be right on the money in theory. Debatable. I'm not. I'm yeah. Not, you're, you're, you're. No, it's almost to a point of personal preference, really. Yeah. And what sounds good to your ear. Being in tune. Yeah. Jerk. <laughs> Mostly, <laughs> mostly in tune. Why is everyone looking at me? Is that personal preference? To be yeah, in tune? I think, I think it's, I think it's <laughs> what works. You know, the P bass stays in tune. I don't know. I never had any problem. P bass. Bases, yeah, bases it, are true. Yeah, you get it on there and you get it set and yeah. the electric is good to go to the upright. I have to tune That's it like, true. Tune it like every... You between every two songs that, right? yeah there's basically there are four small ladder. elves <laughs> that come out of the, the you know out of the bag and you got a bag? every two uh probably every two songs i check it a lot really especially if it's outside too a gig oh, outside yeah. oh, upright yeah. is like like this very seems like the maybe i have a crappy bay upright you know be, but uh it seems very affected by the room mm-hmm. temperature mm-hmm. yeah for more on his upright check one of the <laughs> our, our earlier podcasts in which you go into great more detail on. i think that was our first one wasn't i think it? it was number one yeah. got stolen and recovered yes stolen and recovered yeah cool mm-hmm. so anyways totally dig the tuner it was 19 bucks didn't break the bank ta-da works great mono price i dig it yeah that's a uh, Seems like it's a good find. Cool. All right, we're going to hit our main topic mm. right now this week. I heard already. You heard. You. I hope you heard already. Hurt. Oh, you hurt already. Yeah. Yes. So our, our main topic is is. There's a page Jay, down. what's the main topic? <laughs> Something you traded and you regret. Something you sold. Sold and or traded that you miss and or regret. Yep. I, I felt like that was like a game show a little mm, bit. A little bit. So we already heard it like says? a game show. We already heard a story from Jay about that. So what? We interesting to hear his other one. Well, the other one would be ah. No. Uh, go oh, ahead. Yeah. Yeah. Go ahead. No. You're, no. Up. No. My yeah it's you're up, buddy. The Polytone Mini Brute Three. Whoa! It wasn't a three. Oh. It had a three. Uh, it had a three uh, bat like protector over it, but it wasn't actually a three. Hmm. And uh, it's a guitar amp that uh, someone I bought at a super friend price from a from a super friend. Super friend. <laughs> oh wow! Well, no, I bought it from a friend, and um, I kind of used it for a bass amp for a while. It was a solid state, you know, and this one was, and um, it um, it had an output though. You could send it out. You could send it out to another to the PA or whatever. Mm-hmm. It was just kind of neat. I mostly liked it for guitar. You know, it, I used it for a little while as a bass amp, stupidly. But mostly, I, I, later I played it the alley cat through it a lot, and you couldn't drive, you couldn't overdrive it or anything like that. Really, it was more like a when I when you wanted to have your like f- fake try to fake Joe Pass, you know, riffs mm-hmm. had that real clean uh, sound. But then I sold it to a friend for. A, another friend at friend prices 
And I was like, man, I just liked it because it was weird and it was, it was, uh, it was just small and easy to carry around and it had a, you know, this was cool, had vibe. Hmm. And I regret it. So it was just, yeah, just a sound thing. Just a sound. So it's pretty much a clean. Yeah, totally. Totally. It was like a jazz. Guitar. Two. Or no, the solid state. state. The one I had was solid state. So I don't even know if they ever. I don't know if they made it. Honestly, I don't know very much about them, and probably that's why I like. Why I let it go because I just I, I don't know I didn't I didn't know about it until later. It was kind of a, just kind of a cool. I just wish I had it back. Yeah, you I don't know, know why. Know I don't know why until it's gone. Oh man, <laughs> don't you even. <laughs> Uh, <laughs> he took the bait. I baited him. Yeah. <laughs> hey, like Aaron. a master, Aaron. Yes, he baited Aaron. that guy. Yeah, Aaron. Yeah, Aaron. Yeah. What is your? Oh. Um. Hey, Aaron. <laughs> see what I'm saying? I think he's gonna see what I'm saying. It's it's like um, I almost don't want to talk about it. <laughs> mm. It hurts, but um, okay. So here's what it was. Uh, 1999, 2000. A number, another summer. Oh man, I can't believe I just did that, but it's true. I did. Go ahead. Um, I went all out on a bass amp, so I dropped the cool 2,400 bucks on a head and cab, um, both by SWR. So the, the head was, uh, they called it bass 350, uh, 350 watt. Uh, four ohms, 450 watts at two ohms. Um, and then I fed that into uh, SWR Big Bertha cabinet, which was two 15s and a horn. So hmm. I remember playing it at at um, Guitar Center, and I'm thinking, even before I turn the amp on, I'm like, two 15s, this is going to sound like crap. It's just going to be all bass, but I, I don't know. That thing was tuned just right. Um, it, it, it got you the full spectrum. Amazing, amazingly balanced. So, um, SWR was just, was, were you ever into SWRs? No, no, I wanted one. I, I wanted one for a while. They had the nice grill on the front. Yeah. You know, and it seemed, seemed like they kind of sharp. Yeah. It was, it, it was awesome. So what happened was, um, I wasn't playing bass in bands anymore. I was more focused on, or I'd switched over to being a guitarist in bands. And so just in a need for money, I sold it to my buddy. I'm like, okay, at least it's, it's going somewhere close. Um, so, you know, maybe I can have visitation rights with it, you know, every so often. Conjugal uh, visit. visit. <laughs> yeah. Very conjugal. Um, <laughs> super, super conjugal. Um, so, yeah, I sold it to my buddy. And um, this kind of went under the radar. But about a month later, uh, I went out to see a show by his band. And he didn't have that amp. I'm like, what gives? So I talked to him after the show. I'm like, dude, what happened to that SWR? I, I sold you. Mm -hmm. It's like, oh, yeah, I traded that and got this. Uh, 
uh, what was it? A, I think it was a bass. And I'm like, you should have told me, dude. I, I know. Seriously. I was just so angry and hurt. And mm. I'm not over tears. it yet. Here come the tears. I'm not over it yet. Pause. <laughs> Moment of silence. Yeah. Would you get another one? Um, I mean, would you, or would you ever try to replace that? I guess that's the same thing, isn't it? <laughs> Technically. <laughs> Technically, it's so the you, same you thing. You might need those two 15s sometime in the future. Why? I, I don't know. I'm trying to, no, trying I'm trying to help to, you yeah. buy it back. Well, it's, the reason. it's funny because I, SWR was bought out by Fender, and they don't necessarily make the same models anymore. In fact, I, I don't even know the last time I've seen an SWR on a showroom floor. But, um, yeah, as I was just researching to find out which actual models I had, um, I, saw, I saw a couple options on Reverb.com at, at a pretty, pretty reasonable price. I'm like, hmm maybe but honestly if i was ever back into being a, a gigging bass player again that i would probably go out of my way to we're gonna have to talk about that at further length like why on earth would you not want to be out gigging if you could but that's a different story yeah there's <laughs> see <laughs> i just took that right out from my day. <laughs> i know it's like I, and now i'm all ready to talk about that yeah yeah let's talk about that no no another time yep well best of luck on your <laughs> your endeavors to get that back in your life um thanks fa <laughs> yes uh what you got so i'm gonna kind of go away in my way back machine here mm-hmm. and take us to the way back machine do you get that, Jay, over there? It was a, uh, a Digitech digital delay from like 80-something. And this delay was, uh, it was interesting because it had uh, a repeat hold and a bypass. So this, the official name of it is, what is this, PDS-1002. And sound-wise, I don't, I don't really know. I was young at the time, like, well, that's amazing. I guess today it's like, yeah, it sounds like an 80s delay, which is fine. So this was back again when I, was, when I got rid of it, way back in probably, you know, late 80s, where I went to the guitar shop and like, I don't really play this or use this anymore. I want to get rid of it. And the guy at the shop's like, I'll give you 25 bucks for that. I'm like, all right, 25 bucks. Took the money, laid it on the desk, Two minutes later, the uh, guitar teacher at the time walked behind me. He's like, oh, that's a sweet pedal. I'm like, what? He's like, yeah, that's a really cool pedal. You selling that? Like, yeah. It's like, oh, man, I would have gave you 50 bucks for that. But uh, <laughs> I'm just going to go ahead and buy it from the guy here now. And he's like, this pedal is cool. Like, Which why is also is now 50 bucks. Yeah. <laughs> like, why is it so cool? And he's like, wow, this has got this loop hold on it where you can create loops. I'm like, I didn't what, know that. Yeah, what, what's <laughs> that? Not that I would ever use it. But I'm like, ah, damn, it was more of the, the spite. Like, yeah. I didn't know that. I didn't know what to do with that looper thing. Right. I don't know if I would have done anything with it. I didn't know it was there. And the fact that the guy would have gave me 50 bucks for it right after. <laughs> so. I'm actually interested in getting a looper these days. Yeah. yeah. But, um, so you sold that for 25 bucks. A looper? 
Now the Digitech delay. A looper? It wasn't a looper. It's a two-second digital delay. Yeah. I know, but Todd said looper. Oh, yeah, he did say looper. Yeah. And just a, a quote from Caddyshack just comes to mind. Hmm. Okay. <laughs> I don't know what quote that is. I don't know that you do either right Oh, now. I do. You do? I do. Okay. Um, so, Hefe. Yes, sir. My, one of the, in one of my first bands, our uh, vocalist had one of these. Oh, yeah. And he ran his vocals through it, which cool. could get really crazy. Yeah. We had this, we had this one song in particular that he used it really, really heavy. But I could be wrong, but I'm pretty sure that, um, and please don't attack me on the socials if this is not true. But I'm pretty sure this is what uh, Perry Farrell was using in the mm-hmm. early days, which is where our singer got the right. inspiration it's, to do it. Yeah. Um, I had a singer demand on having a uh, um, delay pedal as well because yeah. of Perry Farrell. Yeah. But with this particular one, yeah. I mean, at the time, this was, this was a big deal when that came out. With, with having both those functionalities in the same pedal. I mean, pedals just weren't quite as, adv- as advanced. As yeah, that. I was looking to see if this was like one of the originals. I couldn't really find anything that, yeah. like this was one of the original it's, it's loopers. Just, it's instantly recognizable. It's yeah. not a looper. It's not a looper, but it could be used as one, which made it, that. that's like the interesting part about it. Yeah, it I mean, it's not a true, it's not a true looper in the sense of like, a, a, you know, a ditto pedal or something like that is right now but or maybe maybe it is it's not it isn't okay i mean but you could loop and it could you keep building on the loops right so it did function that way interesting it'd be fun to get one of those back see let's see if we can find one they're out there i was actually looking them up they're 25 bucks (laughs) (laughs) are you kidding still still kidding me well why are you buying it man i don't really just buy, buy it. We'll expense it on the account that we don't have yeah, on our non-existent budget. Yeah, I'll go in on it. <laughs> we got to get a budget so we can do get stuff. And then we'll share it. Yeah. And test I it like out. I like that plan. I'm into that. A budget? Both things. <laughs> okay. Get that. Get that pedal. All right. Get that pedal, son. Um, okay. For me, I had an early 80s. Uh, Fernandez oh. Telecaster and I had been I was playing a really low slung Gibson Les Paul in my bands and so I had this really big heavy Gibson sound and my rig was <laughs> redunculous so I, I thought again very early on and I didn't have we just didn't have all this information out there. It seems like, you know, like doing this now has got to be way easier than it was when we were doing it. But anyways, um, uh, you know, I just trial and error. I was like, well, I need to change my guitar sound. I want to, I want to get past where my previous band was. And, um, I, I went and sold, I, I sold like a, I think it was one of those early Squire, fenders where they tried to make them like the Ibanezes. So it was like mm. the, the metal squire. There was, <laughs> there was two, there was two versions. There was like a really skinny one that was kind of like Joe Satriani style. And then there was another one that was more of a standard body. And I think those are the ones that they were saying recently 
um, I think it might have been on uh, on our friends from uh, Guitar Nerds that they were saying that, that almost like brought the Fender House down, like it bankrupt them almost um, because they were so bad. I could be mixing that story up. It's highly probable. Um, but um, I just shot the Minister of Information over here um, a link to pull that up so you guys can look at it. But anyway, it was really cool. It was like it was it was Olympic white. It had a white pick guard. Um, it had a, a rosewood fingerboard, and it was just it was a telly, and it had a, a um, it was just cool. Uh, I ultimately because I have to mess with everything, took the <laughs> took the white pick guard off and put a tortoiseshell pick guard on, um, for reasons none other than I wanted to mess with it. And then tried painting flames on that one too. <laughs> no, I no. didn't do that. Um, and it was really weird because when you go from a, for years of playing a Les Paul, all of a sudden jumping on a telly, that is a world of difference. And yeah, you know, I guess I just didn't have the hang of it. And um, the new band that I was getting in, it didn't really jive with that, you know. I think the sound and the aesthetic of it either. And it, what was this like a cock cock rock band? I don't know what that is, man. Uh, what is that? Like, yeah, did you just make that up? No. You mean you mean like a like frat rock? No. Like you know, hair metal, eighties hair metal. Oh, okay. That's all I have in my head. A, a young Todd. You mean that's what I was playing? Yeah, you were in California. No, man, it was like, like Skid Row. <laughs> I never heard it called cock rock. Uh, no. Yeah. Really? No. Yeah. I wonder if I, I am making it up. You might be making it up. <laughs> but that's cool. It's a good name. Yeah, it's pretty No, fitting. my influence, my early influences were like, um, you know, Flock Soundgarden. Yeah. Flock <laughs> Soundgarden and Janes and stuff like that. Um, but um, I sold that to a friend of mine for uh, $125. And I kick myself constantly for doing that. Um, but th- I needed to get money to buy my Sheraton, too, which I really wanted um, more than the telly. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's interesting because I always got asked, like, why did you get a Fernandez? Like, it's not a super common, not really a super common guitar. Right. Um, and if you go out there and look now, like, and, and and form guitar forms and stuff. It's like, you know, Hey, if you find one of those, grab it. Cause they're actually really well-made and they play great. And I tried out a Telecaster Fender Telecaster and this Fernandez side by side, plugged them both in. And I had no bias towards either one at that time. Um, and this one just, it sounded way better. And, um, so I, li- I liked it, and I really wish I hadn't sold it because that would have been a, a great punk guitar, you know. <sighs> Les mm. Yeah, Les let's, <laughs> let's take it down a notch. Yeah. Oh. oh. Anyway, so yeah, that was like, that was kind of like a sad, <laughs> a sad main topic, huh? I, a lot yeah. of love lost mm. there. But Cheers. hey, the the big the big lesson there is. Um, and our friend keep everything you ever buy forever yeah keep it don't ever sell your stuff (laughs) which is that his motto i really haven't followed that at all yeah but i think he's only got like two guitars so i don't i've never seen him 
but he did, he's yeah he's not really a you are a buyer and seller and trader i am gear. i'm an importer exporter yes <laughs> i don't buy anything sold or traded i, I don't I, trade anything i did have to actually look at gun. my guitar family tree that i created yeah um to verify that <laughs> wow. um you know the year and everything or the you know what years it was do you have that tree in a vis- I, I do. do you have it right there in front of you i do have it right here in front of me would you guys like to yeah. see it i would love to see it all right nobody else can see it though well i mean that's all right we we'll, can post we'll make it, it short right. i mean it, it just looks I, it's oh. it's the beginnings of it i haven't okay i thought there would be pictures i'm going to do pictures yeah. i'm gonna make it like a poster man yeah that'd be fun a, a, a living poster in mm. digital worlds um, i have to that statement you have just, to what you issue have to, one correction i have to what <laughs> I have to go to the bathroom. No, I I have to issue one correction. I misspoke earlier. I said a polytone one with a polytone three case. It was the opposite. I had a polytone three with the polytone one because it was the 15 inch. It was a 15 inch. You probably saved us from just want to get that out social sphere right it was, it was a three it was a three a solid state with a 15 inch speaker so just wanted to i feel so much better I know, but that's the kind of thing when you say and you're like, well, it was I, a long time ago. Should, and why did I say that? Now that's in the podcast. Yeah. Like Walnut Body. Good man. It's recovered. Walnut Body. Yeah. My guitar is Walnut Body. It was not Walnut. I yeah. said Walnut like five times. Yeah. Oh, yeah. But it's maple. No, that's mahogany. Mahogany. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I got a pistachio body guitar. Oh, that would be great. <laughs> Dude, I love mm, pistachios. I wonder what a pistachio tree like wood looks like. I don't know. Do pistachios grow on trees? Pistachio. No, but the Mr. guitar, the guitar probably tastes delicious. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> pistachios. <laughs> this guitar is ugly, but it tastes delicious. <laughs> All right, dudes. Um, we are going to get down to our top four. Aaron, can we have a time check? 46 minutes and 33 seconds. Oh, man. Perfecto. Got this down. I know. It's it's, completely unscientific science. It's getting scary. Um, all right. So we're going to do our top four for the day. And that topic is what is your favorite finish on guitar? There are so many to choose from. Why don't you go first? You want me to go first? Yeah, you don't go first that much. I know. I, you know, we, we need you to. You need me to go first? Yeah. Well, um, I, it's this is this is a tricky one because it, it doesn't necessarily mean that you your favorite finish is something that you actually have. Right. I'm with you on that. Oh yeah. All right. Oh yeah. yeah. Absolutely. I already guessed what no, I thought I guessed. Well, what you did, was, but, but I'm, that's not what I'm going with. Ah, but Ooh. I was pretty much right on the money. Before. That's one of them. Right. That's one of them. Um, and so my, my favorite finish, honestly, has got to be black. I know that sounds weird, but not at all. I mean, kind if I'm looking at it, if I'm looking at something strange. on the wall, um, <laughs> I love like a piano black. I think it just looks amazing, especially, you know, if you think about you think about um you know a nice tuxedo finish like you know mm-hmm. les paul oh man mamacita yeah i had a the binding that's aged yeah you know? i had i had an epiphone les paul that was like that yeah i i kind of miss that guitar too yeah it's just 
everything's done right on yeah. it. Um, between the between the gold and, and now here's the thing here's Ooh. the other thing yeah I mean on that one you gotta go gold gold hardware pearl inlay well yeah a, so age white binding yeah your piano you're, black I mean you're talking the Les Paul custom then yeah yeah I think that's the only are, time I find gold hardware appropriate beautiful yeah um, well I have it on my Sheraton too mm. and it looks really good on that okay. I, it looks super good on that but there's not. I, I think there's kind of like a resurgence in like gold hardware right now. I've, I feel like I'm seeing that a lot more, especially in like Franken Tellys and Franken Strats, where you know, or anything that you're building your own stuff. A lot of builds, uh, boutique builds that you see on like Instagram and stuff are using elements of gold hardware. Um, I I just you know I I like it. It just don't have any other reason. I, I will say though, I will say that I don't like it on a flat body. So like I a, don't like straight black on a Telecaster. Okay. I love straight black on the arch top. You like the shimmery shine. Yeah. Or the, the carved top. Sorry. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, it's just the, yeah, the, the dimension to it. it mm, yeah. <laughs> shimmery shine. Calm down over there. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Minister of Information is multitasking. All right. I am. You want so me to go? go to Hefe? All right. Mine's going to be controversial. Oh, it is. It's going to be like the Ibanez acrylic jewel or something. No, <laughs> oh, well, wine. Not quite. But you know, I was going to go. Huh? You know, I was going to go wood. I mean, that is my yeah, choice. Of it is just a nice hunk of wood. Yeah. And mostly unfinished, like oiled or something like that. But there has been something over the last probably two years that I've just I've been looking at. Like, there's it's like this is a really cool artistic application for the guitar, and it's getting to the point where it's getting overdone, which that's why it's controversial. Okay. But as far as a finish that I was I've been inspired by, and I'm like wow, it would be really cool to like build my own type of thing like that is the the Truss Art guitars. Oh yeah. So. Um, is that can you call that a finish though? Mm. Uh, he, why wouldn't you? Because he's got a lot of different it's finishes. Finished. So you gotta so, yeah. so pick one. Is, so this is the the challenge of the question. All right, right? Mr. Inter- information guy, could you throw up that link I sent you over there? Absolutely. Um, I mean, this, there's many to choose from, right? Right. Um, heavily distressed. Heavily distressed, but they're metal, right? Yeah. So it's not your mm, standard wood. Like it's not. I'm going to get a wood guitar. It's like I want to get a metal, made out of metal guitar. So the idea of a completely <laughs> custom. See, Aaron's face is twisted. <laughs> his beard's halfway on the side of his face. <laughs> looking at this image, it's like a. So once you, that, that's the one that you like. Uh, it's not it's necessarily like a the steampunk one. almost. I know yeah. it's very steampunk. Like a, it's like, like I a, said, it's like a Mexican steampunk. So just do a put in a search for trust art there and do images. But I mean, yeah, they're all. Very it looks similar. like one of those tooled leather things, you know, like the heavy duty. But like from a finish standpoint, <clears throat> everybody's trying to do like the vintage finishes and the distressed right. That's going to be a topic and, for I believe maybe our next one. So it was Relic like versus road worn. Like that's trying too hard versus someone that like created an art form out of right. Guitar. But oh, okay, so stop. so to be fair, stop. To be, to be fair, 
uh, it's not just the application. I mean, these guitars are actually made out of metal, yeah. right? So I think he first started his applications with Telecaster bodies, yeah. correct? Some of the Telecasters are really sweet. Yeah. Some of them are not. Yeah. So it's, you know, they're pick and choose and they're high dollar. I've never touched one. Yeah. Don't know if they sound like crap or not, but I was just amazed. Like, well, they got to sound a, different, right? They yeah, got to sound like think. really resonant and really sort of. Just coming like, from a creative background, like I was kind of, and the idea of just creating something, something different. different. Yeah. And the amount of effort that goes into like tarnishing and finishing like every knob and like, yeah, the Bigsby tremolo is completely redone. Yeah, I, I watched the like, video on. I think you shared me shared a video. Possibly. Yeah, I mean it's super interesting and true. Some of them are a little too really but. amazing. I, what the ones that I like are the ones where he has the inlay of the wire mesh. Um, yeah, those are really yeah. the, the like the foil. It's, it's like, like the whole back like foil. Is, yeah, you know that, that is a cool touch. Yeah, I, I, I like to scroll over there maybe. <laughs> Um, maybe anyways yeah look okay so we're seeing one on screen right now where it's the perforated metal oh, wow. um, almost crazy. looks like a I mean what what kind of that's like a patio table the the circular the circular uh, yeah it's just perforated metal perforated yeah, metal. metal I mean I I'm I think that looks awesome it it does look really sick keeps keep scrolling not really personally a fan of like the the alligator metal yeah. ones yeah. Yeah. Oh, I like no. more of the understated ones like this one here like the way the pick bar the Jeff you can't say I know, this one here I know, but I'm talking about pick guard here the way yeah. the pick guards are created are not yours you know, like he did something interesting to the pick guards yeah. right there's like a cool interesting cut or engraving yeah. in them like just even a some, something as simple as that I think yeah. it's the distressing that just throws me all haywire yeah, I understand I mean it is an acquired thing for sure yeah, I don't know if, if I would ever buy one, but I was just I there's, was a, there's a relic telly that looks like Joe Strummer's telly quite a bit. Like you can't just I, point I at the screen. <laughs> 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 it's so easy to do that, though. Yeah. Like I could get down, I could get down with that, but I can't get down with four grand. Yeah, so this is, they started like four grand, right? Probably. Yeah. That's a lot of money. And let's talk about the necks on those. So the necks are... Some are metal and some are actually wood. Or like, I think, like a wood back and metal fretboard? Uh, I could be wrong. I think maybe they all are wood. There's some of the some of the guitars are uh, wood bodies with metal. And he's like the one that I was showing had a... Basically, it's an inlay of metal over yeah. top of wood. I mean, some of them look like, like junkyard wars. Yeah. Which is kind of cool. There's one that's uh, the army green with the red star in the yeah. middle. And that's got some of that perforated metal in it, mm-hmm. which is really, I, I think that's pretty cool. I, I like that. Hmm. But such a wide range of people to play these. Because you, you really have to say, I think you really have to have a very specific musical style and probably a very specific uh, personal style to pull one of these off. Yep, they are individual. Do you know of any um, people that uh, of note that own these that play them on stage? I don't think uh, I've ever seen one, anybody play one on stage. I can't remember. There was a, uh, I saw a, a female artist on uh, later with Jules Holland. I love that show. That was playing one, and I was like, "Oh, there, that's awesome! She's playing that." 
but other, I know there's a, like there's other people that have them mm-hmm. just because they are collectors' items, right? It's like right. Well, I mean, they but, are actually art. I, yeah, that's not to say other guitars aren't art. I do believe that they are like little pieces of art myself. Yeah, but they're more more a showpiece. These, these are one offs. Yeah, yeah. Um. So interestingly enough, uh, if you go to their site, they have. Uh, a list of artists at the bottom. Shocker. Yeah. So it looks this like Keith Richards has one. Billy Gibbons got one. Bob Dylan has one. Um, it just fast forwarded for me. Billy Squire. Uh, Ziggy Marley. Joe Perry. Iggy Pop. So apparently a lot of people. But it's for I, art yeah, purposes. Yeah. yeah. I feel like they probably just have them. It's like a collector's item. Yeah, I don't know that I've seen them played a lot on stage. But there might be a reason for that. Look at the finish on the the tone knob area. Right. We'll put up the link Uh, to this on that. And then Jeff will put his favorite of of the chess art ones on there as far as finish goes. Cool. Well, you picked an interesting one and you did throw me off because I could have (laughs) sworn... You're gonna pick we like a, a big scowl from bird's eye, spalted maple combination parquet floor <laughs> thing with. I, I'm just not a fan of painted guitars anymore. I don't know why. I get it. It's fine. I dig it. Okay. White. I like white guitars, and it's interesting because as you're over there going on and on about gold hardware, was I going on and no, on? I'm kidding. <laughs> on and on. Um, <laughs> long time. <laughs> There, there is one guitar I've known to do that that I absolutely love. Mm-hmm. Um, in particular, is a white Les Paul custom oh. with the gold hardware. Yeah, I dig those too, uh, man. That is gorgeous. But I mean, any pretty much anything, especially if you're wearing like long tails and a top hat. <laughs> Definitely that. <Which> my <laughs> friend has that. My stage, friend has that guitar, you? and it is nice. It's heavy as hell. Yeah. yeah. It, it, it but looks, no, that, I, I agree. I, I'm, I'm, I am agreeing with you on yeah. that. Yeah, and you know, yeah, it's, it's funny. A beautiful guitar. My Les Paul Jr., I uh, originally wanted to get the white one, but I ha- would have had to have waited another four months to get it. Yeah. And I'm like, no, I'll just get the burst now. I wish you had gotten I the know, white one. I know, I should have been more just patient. Just paint it. <laughs> with like flames painted relicate or something why well, relics gibsons it's really weird i mean that's not some that's another show Sorry. yeah well I will, stop I will that all right back I, I, to your I've white trying, guitar I, I tried to make my stratocaster white and put some racing stripes on it <laughs> and it probably looks just as good oh, as the man. flames did on on yours that would have looked cool in smash mouth <laughs> You know what? <laughs> you're, the, he's like the, you're the whipping, whipping I, I boy today. Like, you Let's, know what, though? I'm standing up. I, I'm, thanks, Jay. <laughs> I'm not going to lie. I kind of like Smash Mouth. But anyways. Oh, oh, oh never you, mind. You just. Okay, I'm against you now. <laughs> we just lost at least the three of the five we listeners <laughs> of yeah. the six we had. He. So what you were saying is you were joking about that what was their song <laughs> if by no like, no absolutely not no don't even How's utter it? that all-star oh, oh, okay 
No, All but right. honestly, they had a lot of good stuff that, like the stuff that wasn't on the radio was their better stuff. Okay, but moving on, because I'm not even going to say hey, the name. you know, I'm making <laughs> myself vulnerable here. I know. I, I don't you, care. You have. I'm, I'm a real human being. Yeah. We all have guilty pleasures. <laughs> yes. Some more that than others. That is a very guilty one. Um, okay, so white. Mm-hmm. Let's call custom. Done. Cool. That's gold. I dig it. All right, Big J. Very simple. Mm-hmm. Candy apple red. Always, always wanted one. A red bass or guitar. I, I had a maroon, kind of like a more maroon. No, when you're saying candy apple, the bright, are you the bright about, red. The, are you talking about a flat, bright, like cherry? Are you talking about a red sparkle? No, no sparkle. The red, flat, bright red okay not a maroon not with the the fleck in right. it right because i had a i had a candy apples the different yeah candy apple the, actually has like some yeah but the, the old ones faded too they would fade down and not yeah. be as as bright i had a mexican uh 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 jazz bass that was more of that maroon fleck and it was it was cool but i always wanted the i always wanted the bright red one as a mustang as mm. i'd mentioned before in previous podcast we did i was kind of wanted that Bright, uh, just a, candy apple. Just a, well, okay, so candy apple. So there's a different. So in candy apple, the, the Mustang. The, yeah, you're, you're right. The candy apple Mustang with the race, the racing stripe. The 60s, okay. This. So that does have a glitter esque, like a almost like a a dust, like a a shimmery dust in it. Yeah, but not the not the darker, not the dark maroon one. No, no, no. I'm talking about yeah. the red. But when you're saying the difference between just the color and when you're saying candy apple like on a on an actual candy apple paint it's um it's multi-layers and translucency and all that business are you saying that stuff or you know i'm saying black (laughs) (laughs) if my if my candy apple red you mean black that's what i that's what i mean though here's the reason that i'm asking that is my one of my old bass players uh r.i.p uh Robert Yellington, he had this, see, this is what a dum-dum I was way back when. <laughs> he had, if he had a, way a back 70s, when? yeah, he, he had a, he had a 70s P bass that was legitimately road worn, blue, black pick guard. And, uh, I had the... <laughs> I had the brilliant idea. Hey, man, we should we should paint that. <laughs> <laughs> you go with the paint. Oh, spray paint. I ruined a lot of guitars. <laughs> <laughs> Anyways, so no, we didn't spray paint it. But I was working at a, a Porsche restoration shop, a vintage one, and uh, so you had uh, tools. One of my friends, uh, who was the painter guy there, I'm like, hey, man, can you hook us up? And <laughs> yeah. We, <laughs> it looked cool at the end, all right. But um, he, we, we painted it like candy, candy purple. Oh, it was beautiful. He had a candy auto body paint job base. Nice. It was sick, right? And now, <laughs> but well, there's a butt the coming or something. Guard, yeah, yeah. The pig guard. I thought, yeah, it'd be really cool if we put grip tape. <laughs> the that's what? awesome that's a great idea no um i'm not sure 
It played pretty well. I mean, it played great. He he ripped on it. The guy legitimately ripped. Um, and it looked awesome because it had this, like, it was flat, but it still had a little bit of sparkle. I'm talking about the actual yeah, pick card. Yeah. It's just, I don't know where the crap I came up with that. But honestly, legitimately, that was a killer looking base when it was done. Nice. And so, I got that thing painted for my friend for like 50 bucks. And it, I'm sure the paint costs more than that. Anyways. So. <laughs> yes, not maroon. Not maroon. Candy apple red. Yeah. Red paint. Red Layers paint, and red. layers of lacquer. Yeah. Red paint layers on deep. Okay. Yes. All right. I'm now. I always wanted it. Gotcha. I've always had a, either a black or blue. All the other, all the other bases I had were black. And then you can get one that's red all over. Oh, oh man, God. Okay. <laughs> all right. Well, I guess with that we should probably um, yeah, put it. It's a good <laughs> idea. Definitely should. Yeah. This turkey's done. Oh, that's it for these knobs. Please join us on Facebook.com forward slash groups forward slash guitar knobs. And tell us what you think and share your stories and guitar stuff along with ours. You can also find us at twitter.com forward slash guitar underscore knobs and also at our website at guitarknobs.podbean.com. <laughs>